Donovan Mitchell scores 46 points in Utah. Jordan Clarkson looks like they're best friends before and after the game. Scores 32. Who won? The Utah Jazz, baby. And uh, some things that I've never seen before. The icing of Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Walker Kessler starts and finishes the game. Just a, a fun game. The crowd, honestly, I thought would be better than it was. Uh, don't know if they were nervous to cheer, but uh, we're about to get into it. So hit that intro music, baby. What a game. Uh, Honestly thought it would be a little bit more entertaining. I don't know if I was tired or what, but I just felt like it it should have been a lot more energy in that building. Uh, Holly Rose now interviewing Jordan Clarkson, Clarkson, rightfully so. He had a huge game. I think he wanted to prove that, uh, yeah, he he can hang with Donovan. Um, Obviously, he didn't score as much, but... This is vindicative of what Donovan did with the Utah Jazz to me and was always kind of my gripe with Donovan is he wanted he wanted the spotlight, which is, is a bad and a good thing at the same time. Uh, I think we saw this in big moments where there was the most pressure or a big basket needed to be made. Donovan always wanted to be that guy. And I think this game, he he really wanted to be that guy. And uh, in the first half, when he had the 25 points, um, I tweeted out that this is perfect. This is exactly how I would want the game to go. Donovan taking all the shots. His teammates just didn't seem that involved. And when they did get the ball, they seemed ice cold. And to me, it's something that we've seen in Utah, right? Like, I can remember so many games like that and screaming at the TV because I wanted him to pass the ball. And when he does pass the ball and facilitates and play makes, he is such an incredible special player. But uh, I think he gets in his way sometimes. If you go to the box score, it's it's a, a tells the perfect story. Sometimes the box scores don't. But you look at Cleveland Cavaliers. Donovan has 46 points on 27 shots. The next closest player is Garland with 21 on 18 shots, right? And then you've got two others in double figures, Evan Mobley on 12, LaVert on 12, and Lamar Stevens on 11. But Jared Allen only plays six minutes and 45 seconds. Like what? What? Where, where was he? Why, why is he not involved? He He's such a good center. And was that Walker Kessler? I don't think so. I mean, you know, they played Evan Mobley 37 minutes. You could have given him a break and played Jared Allen. Um, but then on the other side, it just looks like a more even 
bored to me. Um, maybe maybe I'm looking through the lens of a Jazz fan, but you got Jordan Clarkson with 32 points on 19 shots. Very effective night. Five for 11 from the three-point land. Lowry Markinen had the quietest 25 points I think I've ever seen. Uh, it almost looked like he was laboring at some points. Again, did not have a good night from three-point land, but shoots six for 18. Didn't shoot the ball great, 33%, but still has 25 points because he gets to the line 14 times and hits 12 out of those 14. Malik Beasley has 13. Kessler has six, but he has 11 boards, which I think made a huge difference, especially down the stretch. I loved, loved, loved seeing Kessler finish the game. Um Welcome to the spaces, guys. I am going to give this over to you in just one second. You go down the board. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, in the beginning, I just felt like he wasn't having the greatest game. Um, <laughs> crazy at the end of, at end of the game. The Cleveland Cavaliers just swarming him like sharks. And I, I want to go back and just count how long that was because even Holly Rowe said, this is crazy. And after she said that, it felt like another five to 10 seconds of them just acting like, you know, hooligans trying to get in his head. And I guess it worked because he missed the first one, but then he hits the next one. And uh, I've never seen that. I I've seen trying to ice people with like switching sides, but at some point as a ref, you got you to do something like, come on, like get the game going. Um, Rudy Gay had seven points. Jared Vanderbilt had five. Thank you for the uh, claps. I thought Ochai, okay, I, I love Ochai, man. And, and he only had two points, right? But Ochai, Ochai plays within the team. So he, he never does anything crazy. If he's got an open shot, he's going to take it. But he plays within the team concept. I can't talk because of my Twitter boards going crazy. <laughs> he plays within the team concept. Um, and I think the more that he gets minutes, he's going to understand his role. But I just love the minutes that he provided. The box score probably is, doesn't show it. He had two assists, four rebounds, and two points. Um, but I thought he played some really big minutes, especially guarding Donovan at times. Mike Conley, to me was huge especially with um he had one timely three did you go to the game Tevin? no i didn't I go to wish. the game no I, I just stayed at home and watched it who did you go no i wanted to go but i had class tonight i couldn't get, i had to go to class uh, what class was it uh freaking uh mom a statistic modeling class all right, we're talking about the game, not a uh, class here. Um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, again, has 13. Conley has 13. Walker Kessler, 6. And it just seemed like a total, um, totally even night from the Jazz. <laughs> Kessler has 16 boards tonight. He just, Kessler just felt like he wasn't there. It was so weird. But he does things that, that obviously you need, right? And Simone Fontecchio got in for five minutes 
and then immediately got pulled back out. But uh, let's jump over to you guys. Tevin, I'm going to go to you first and then uh, give us your thoughts. Uh, hopefully not on, on your schooling class tonight, but uh, something related to the jazz game. <laughs> I think you actually, I actually think that you have to unmute again, Tevin, or request again. Oh, no, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Let's go JC's drip. Sorry. He just requested. JC's drip. What's up, my man? What's up, bro? Your, your boy uh, performed tonight. He, he went for 32 and had... Uh, a fire fourth quarter. He went on his own run. He uh, he won us the game. What was it? An eight point swing in one possession or whatever it was. Yeah, I had those two huge fouls. Right, the the one that had a flagrant one. We got the uh, flagrant foul shot and the ball back, and then immediately after it gets fouled again on a three point shot. This is why I'm JC's drip. <laughs> <laughs> So he he nailed the three, got the flagrant uh, free throw shot, and then drill and then nailed the the th- uh, missed the three point shot, but then nailed all free throw shots. So that's a seven point possession, essentially. Yeah, in like what twenty nine thirty seconds, if, if that. Yeah, if that's... I remember correctly. Were we down five with a minute and a half left? We were at least five. It might have been like nine or ten, I want to say, at that point. It might have been less than that. I don't remember. That's crazy. Yeah, and honestly, it's something that you would think that Donovan Mitchell would do, right? Like pull something crazy out in the last minute. And uh, I guess the basketball gods were with us today because Jordan Clarkson did it. Man, and it was such a joy. Um, it's a win-win, right? Donovan had a great game. We get the win. But it was my favorite part of the game was just seeing uh, Donovan talk with uh, Mike and Jordan after the game. Um, just to see. it's. I kind of got the feeling that it's like, you know, it's over. But what we had uh, when we were first seed in the West, it was special. And um, the team that we had, the camaraderie and the chemistry uh, was special. So just to see that and see them interact like that, that they still carry on that brotherhood after Donovan left is... Um, Made me a little teary-eyed, not gonna lie. Oh, that's sweet. And it was very classy of him to uh, to say what's up and dab up everybody as 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 he was leaving too. It was really, really, really classy of everybody. And, and I, I don't know also, about if, if any of you all were there, but I didn't hear any single booze over uh, over the uh, the, tele, the telecast or whatever. So I think that was really, really good. I wouldn't have booed him because I love the man. So I think it was great. Yeah, I think did the you Jazz catch, fan um, Donovan shit talking now at the free throw line. <laughs> oh, did we? <laughs> <laughs> Great. Are I you kidding it. me? Uh, I I think the Jazz fans ha- handled it perfectly. Uh, the only time really that I felt like there were boos, Holly said something. It was Donovan's very first free throws, and she said, "I think I heard a few boos. Boos, is that okay?" And like, I have I have kind of a gripe with that because. Like as jazz fans, we should still be allowed to cheer and and be rowdy and feel like it's okay. You, you you pay money to go watch these players and feel like you're part of the game. And that's my gripe with tonight's game is the fans just were not there. They were not a factor to me at all. The only time they stood up was the last 
minute when Clarkson made those crazy plays. And they should have been more of a factor in my mind. I'm personally relieved that this game's over. I'm sure Donovan is. I'm sure the organization is. Because I feel like, yes, we should respect players and cheer them on, especially Donovan, what he's done. But we should also... It's the Utah Jazz versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like, we should be able to root for our team still without feeling guilty. Do you guys feel like the fans were like that tonight, or was it just me? I feel like there was at least one run um, in the first half uh, where the fans were in it and we were going for it. Um, That, you know, the, the, the fans were affecting the game and it was helping and it was good um but that was it for the first half yeah and i agree in the second half there really wasn't all that much fan involvement i don't i wouldn't necessarily say that there was a whole ton to be super excited about it was just good old regular jazz basketball and it was just kind of there but you know the cats kept hitting back so there wasn't much to cheer for per se is what i would say until jc finally went on his crazy run and then the crowd finally got into it so i would almost say that not that there wasn't exciting plays to cheer for because there certainly was i just feel like between donovan and the Cavs, they kept we were just exchanging blows back and forth and not that that's not exciting but i've kind of noticed a trend where it isn't until the jazz go on a run that the crowd gets really rowdy yeah i I would say the reason to, to oh, coach is on. Hang on, give me a sec here. Let's see what this this uh, Willie's got to say. Couple days about just our approach, our mentality, being able to maintain our focus and mindset through good moments in a game and tough moments in a game. Every NBA game has runs, especially when you play very good teams and and very good players. Um, I thought we came out in the second half with great purpose and went on a 23 to 10 run to start the half. Obviously then Cleveland makes their run and I thought our guys just really dug in and and stayed the course and stayed focused on the little things. Um, A lot of guys stepped up. Obviously this is a first half box. (laughs) My bad. Uh, Obviously JC was, was massive for us in the second half. I think he had 24 points in the second half. He had I think we had a seven-point play at one point, which is exactly what I told him to do. And, you know, he made some big plays, B's big late free throws. Lowry was steady and solid uh, against a very good defense that was being very physical with him and top-locking him all over the court. Um, I thought Walker handled himself great uh, playing against two elite scoring guards. Uh, That's not an easy task to do what he did, and we had a lot of guys come in off the bench and and step up so we've talked all year about we win as a team and we lose as a team and I think tonight more than anything I'm just very very proud of the fact that our guys were able to dig in as a group and maintain their mentality throughout that whole game we've had a tough stretch here lately and obviously Cleveland's a a very good team so that's a big win for us how important was it for you guys to you know, after this last streak, I think very important to just kind of get back into the, to the winning column. Yeah, winning is is more fun than losing for sure. Um, we've had a tough stretch. We've lost uh, some close games here lately. Um, we had the five in a row by a combined fifteen points, and you know it's 
it's easy, like I've told you guys before, it's easy to get wrapped up in the emotion of winning and losing when losing those close games. It's a, it's a couple of little things that make the margin between winning and losing. It's not like you're getting blown out and just playing terrible. I thought in that stretch we played more good basketball than bad basketball overall, but we weren't able to put it together for 48 minutes and, and come out with a win. So I thought tonight was just a, a good reminder for our team, a good representation of what it takes to really dig in mentally because 48 minutes is a long time when you're playing great teams with great players they can have those bursts of scoring um that kind of can put you on your heels and so i just thought our team did a good job of staying in the moment and um staying focused on the next thing how important was it for jc to get to the line down the stretch when you guys were struggling offensively earlier in the fourth quarter. Yeah, free throws can really settle you down. And JC is such a rhythm player. I think sometimes him getting to the free throw line helps. Settle him a little bit and Settle him a little bit and, and see if you go in. Um, you know, obviously, Lowry's done a great job of getting to the free throw line. But, you know, Cleveland is one of the top defenses in the NBA for a reason. They're long, athletic, very physical. Um, JB is a, a hell of a coach. And, um, you know, they... they they play so hard on that end of the floor. You have to work and fight for your space on every possession. Um, you don't really find many great looks against that team unless your execution is really sharp and you're very physical on offense. So it takes a lot of work uh, to score against that team. And um, I thought we did a good job of matching their physicality, and that's what allowed us to go to the free throw line. What's it like watching a, a seven-point single possession from someone? I mean, I prefer watching those possessions when it's somebody on our team, but, um, you know, you could easily be on the other side of that. It's guarding jump shooters is very hard now. You know, guys are have such quick triggers, and all of us coaches are urging our players to contest shots and not just give up easy ones. And so sometimes you end up underneath guys. And I think, you know, the, the league has, has made it very important to protect jump shooters because of the injuries that we've seen happen over the years. And... So kind of a weird play, obviously, for JC to end up getting the and one, and it's a flagrant two free throws to make one, and then you get the ball back. So, um, you know, you don't, you don't want to count on those things to go in your favor to win a game, but, a game, but, you know, we've also had some tough breaks during our tough stretch that, that haven't gone our way, and so sometimes it all levels out. Speaking of that, was it nice to see the ball kind of bounce your way at the end of the game? Yeah, I, I thought our guys just did a good job of forcing the shots that we wanted them to take. They took some tough ones, they took some rushed ones, and then we did a good job as a team collectively going after the rebounds. So, you know, it's winning in this league is very, very hard. And I think our team has been in so many close games this year. Like, they understand more and more every day that those last three minutes are... You really have to dig in mentally, you have to dig in physically, and you have to do all the little things. Because if not, 
you leave yourself susceptible to one bad bounce or one tough play that can cost you the game. So there's always a little bit of luck in those moments and um, just very happy for our guys that we were able to pull out the win. Cleveland's a really good defensive rebounding team usually and you guys not rebounded them tonight pretty significantly. How do you think you were able to do that and, and you know then get the defensive class going as well? Yeah, our guys did a, a good job of moving the ball to put them in rotations. Um, Cleveland does such a good job of scrambling to take away your three-point looks. They protect the paint great. I mean, they're one of the best defenses in the NBA. So they're rotating around a lot, and I just thought we had a bunch of guys did a good job of kind of getting in between those rotations when the shot went up to find offensive rebounds. Obviously, Walker had six, and mm -hmm. a couple of those are he's just taller than the person that he's next to, and he's done a really good job of being aggressive going to the glass. But, you know, there were a bunch of guys that contributed. You know, Vando every night is always crashing the glass, and he did a good job of getting in those seams as well. So um, rebounding is something that we're we're very much stressing as a team, and it's cost us in certain moments in the season, and so it's obviously very rewarding for the guys to to come out of a game knowing that they really battled on the glass as a team because it's not one guy again like our defensive rebounds lowry was a beast he had 13 defensive rebounds but if i go down the list bees had five walker had five jordan had four Nikhil had four like ochai three i mean that's a bunch of our perimeter players getting in and participating on the glass and that's what we need it's a unique night to have Donovan back, and I wonder how it compared with your experience throughout the years of San Antonio, Boston, what have you, of ex-players coming back into a building, how the crowd received him, and then your points of emphasis to your team to make sure you contained him, even though he got 46. Yeah, yeah, it's tough to say we contained him when he got 46. Um, he's such a tough cover does such a good job of changing speeds with the ball. He can shoot from all over the court, does a good job of getting you on his hip and gets fouled a good amount. You know, 11 free throws is, is tough. But um, I thought tonight was exactly how it should be. Donovan had five great years here, and he did a lot for this organization, did a lot for the community, and the organization, I think, loves Donovan, and we were happy to see him back. I thought the crowd received him great pregame when the video was played. All I heard was cheers, um, and I think that's that's the way it should be. You know, this league, um, players end up on different teams all the time, and it's just part of it. And I think it's it's good for everybody to have the perspective to just appreciate the time you had together, um, especially when it was a lot of good time. So I was I was happy to see Donovan get the reception that he deserved. Um, you know, five great years here, and I thought the the crowd treated him great. So you touched on in pregame. There you go. Um, we're joined by Big T Thurl Bailey calling the game tonight. And and, and um, I love what Coach Hardy. I love how Coach Hardy put that. Uh, it was almost perfectly how he put that. You know, it was a lot of time, you know, or, or players spend. Sorry, I'm totally butchering it. Players go to different teams all the time in this league. And he spent five years here and. A lot of those moments were good moments. It would be totally different if they were bad. But uh, welcome if you guys have joined on Twitter Spaces. Uh, I want to turn the time over to you guys and get your thoughts. I know Tevin's already gone. JC's drip has gone. We've got quite a few speakers in here. 
If any of you want to speak, you are welcome. We love to hear new speakers. Just hit that little request button and we will get to you next. Um, Kevin, I don't think we've we've hit on you. I know you said you had class tonight. Uh, you have any thoughts on, on the game? Uh, it was a great game. I love seeing Donovan go off like that. I maybe miss him a little bit. Um, it, it was really fun. Um, I'm just baffled why the Jazz can't play at this level against shitty teams. Like, we are 15 and 14 against teams with a 500 or better record and six and nine against a team with a 500 and worse record. Well, and, 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 and honestly, I, I would, I, I want to dig into this a little bit, but I bet a lot of that comes down to Conley and JC not stepping up in these games. Like both of them had, awesome games tonight and when those two play well we are unstoppable and when those two struggle we we can't go anywhere um and so it was good to see those two really have a great game tonight um so and i love seeing beasley in the starting lineup instead of vando too i love seeing that that was that was awesome tonight so yeah yeah when when i saw beasley in the starting lineup i about fell over that it wasn't vanderbilt because (laughs) that's what i've been asking for i also think a large part of this and we hit on this we've hit on this we hit on it last podcast olenic was out olenic and vanderbilt together are just bad and I actually didn't mind, um, uh, I forget his name now because we call him number eight so much, Vando. Uh, I didn't mind Vando with the second unit. I actually felt like he he played better there because he didn't feel as much pressure. I really, really loved Walker Kessler and Lowry Markinen playing together. Um, I, if if that were me, I'd, I'd start that lineup and finish with those two. Every single time you can tell the difference in, in the rebounding alone, 11 for Walker Kessler, 16, uh, rebounds for Lowry marketing. So that's what 20, 37 rebounds between the two of them. You know what else you can tell with those two in the lineup? What? Basketball IQ. Yep. It, it, it just makes a huge difference. And I honestly think there's spots for a and Beasley, um, with those guys in giving them breaks but I truly believe that Olenek and Vanderbilt together are just so bad and we start and finish games with them and if you've noticed we start a lot of games really rough and and we didn't tonight um here's the other thing that was weird for me tonight um it felt like coach wanted to win this game like yeah, I, when you look when you look at the minute distribution here, when you look at the fact that Conley had thirty three minutes, Beasley had thirty four, Carson had it had like almost a playoff feel tight seven man rotation instead of the like twenty ish minute like spread out minute rotation. Um, it just felt more like we wanted to win the game tonight, which. We obviously can lead us into other conversations that I don't want to start us down. But, <laughs> um, but it just, like, it, it felt like the rotation was a lot tighter. 
And I just wonder if we had more tight rotations like this, if we win more games. Not that I want that, but um, I mean, didn't you see? Didn't you see Coach's face with like twelve seconds left, and the and the Cavs? Yeah, I, yeah, I he ripped him. Coach yeah. actually railed into the into the guys like, "Come on, you need to stay focused here. We still got twelve seconds." Well, because Donovan could have got a still hit a three, got another still hit. I mean, it was a six point he game. Got a steal. He got yeah, one yeah, he got he one from got Clarkson. And and so I agree with the tight rotation. You look at the the uh, starters. Conley has thirty two. Malik has thirty three. Clarkson has thirty four. Walker has thirty, and uh, Lowry has thirty nine. And then everything else is spread out between the bench players. Actually, what we've been asking for as Jazz fans, Rudy Gay only had six minutes, and Simone Fonteki only had five. Everyone else had 17, uh, Vanderbilt 17, Ochai 17, and <laughs> Nikhil 22. I mean, th- that's a perfect rotation to me, and I would love to well, see that moving forward. And then maybe when Olenek's back and, and Sexton's back, spread those minutes out on the bench. Well, you, you mean, yeah, when, when uh, Sexton's back, you, you drop Mike because... 33 minutes a game for Mike is not sustainable. You'll kill the old man. Or, or 39 for Lowry, too. 39's a ton. I don't know. I, I think Lowry can handle that. Um, now that our now that our schedule spread like, out a little like bit more. Like once a week for the poor man, not every night. <laughs> well, He looked like he was that, laboring a bit tonight, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, 39's a lot, but he, he's still young. I think he could handle that because um, our schedule spread out a little bit more. I mean, you obviously don't want to do that every night, but... Um, I, I would like to see a tighter rotation if we want to win, I guess. But if we don't want to win, then we'll just keep doing whatever the hell coach has been doing for the last seven games that we can't seem to win. I mean, I, I, I think personally that's the best starting lineup that we have is Walker, Lowry in your front court. And then you've got two shooters in Beasley and Clarkson and Conley run the point. Spreads the floor. Uh, Lowry can still hit the three. And, and, uh, if you didn't notice, Walker Kessler hit a nice little jumper tonight. Uh, I say let the man shoot those a little let bit more. Let the man shoot his nice little free throw jumper. If he can hit that, boy, that'll that, change a lot. <laughs> if that doesn't, it, that won't. Uh, it will not only open stuff for our team, but for Walker Kessler going forward. Yes. Holy crap! Yes. Um. The other big thing is that I'm looking at on the box uh, or the game charts is the fast break points, which usually, I mean, we did get killed again tonight, but usually makes a difference. 17 to 2. Cleveland had 17 to R2. Um, the bit, what, off, what offset that, though, is the second chance points, and I think Coach hit on that. Uh you know, crashing the boards harder. We had 27 second chance points to their 10. So I I was just going to say to our credit, despite the fact that some of our transition defense wasn't all that great. And some of our turnovers were, were obviously were terrible when it came to, Oh, Cleveland got a shot up. There was, I think there was probably a stint in the third, in the third quarter that I really noticed with like, Ochai. Um, Laurie, uh, Nikhil, like those guys that were, it was just kind of a, a smaller lineup. 
they all crashed the boards like crazy. I think the biggest guy on the floor was Rudy Gay out there for a couple of minutes. But they all like tipped to do each other, crashed the boards, made sure that, that Cleveland get, didn't get a second shot at it. It was awesome. So that was huge credit to them on that. Well, this this I noticed this tonight. Um, without Allen, Cleveland's a small team. Dude, what what was he hurt? Did he get hurt? What happened? No, no. So so there was a shot of him. I can't. I want to say in the second quarter, but don't quote me on that. There was a, a shot of him. Going back to the locker room, the but, he, but he was yeah he was walking back on his own accord. I thought he was injured at first, but I'm like, nah, he's walking just fine. And then I think it showed on the broadcast that it was an illness of some sort. Oh. So I don't know if he was feeling sick coming into the game or what the deal was, but he didn't come back because of an illness. Of yeah, because I saw. I mean, I didn't really notice till I looked at the box score and he only had six po- six minutes. But I mean, he makes a huge difference for them. The other thing that I think totally, I mean, we, we're, we've already hit on it, the rebounds. Hopefully this team understands how important it is. It's been a hole and a gap this entire year because Cleveland didn't play that bad. They only had five turnovers compared to our 15 turnovers. I know, five turnovers? Holy I mean, yeah, you know, and uh, seven steals compared to our three yeah, so that, like that last that last clutch turnover, as I think it was Big T that mentioned it. I was like, "Yeah, that's only their fifth turnover tonight." Are you kidding me? Yeah. So <laughs> even though Jared Allen Jared Allen was out, uh, I, I still think that we pulled this off with rebounds. I th- I I was really really impressed with this game. Uh, whether it be lineups, whether it be Walker Kessler getting more minutes, whether it be Jordan Clarkson having a big night, Mike Conley. I think all of that matters. And if the entire team can kind of figure that out in their role, that's how we're going to make it to the playoffs instead of tanking. Um, We've got another speaker that I want to get to real quick. King of the North at Brady NBA. Uh, Brady, go ahead, man. Or do you want me to ask you a question? What do you think of Kevin Love's gray hairs it's so weird <laughs> i can't believe he's still playing in the league i think he, i think it looks good man i've i i almost feel like he and lebron and some of the older guys should just like if they have gray just let it come in man i that gray wolf type of type of vibe looks good in my opinion yeah i just say once you start getting the grays just just do it all gray, right? Just that's like the new thing with the women is they, 100%, you know, man. they they not bleach their hair gray, but dye their hair gray. I guess you got to bleach it first and then dye it gray. But uh, King of the North, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, man. What do you think of Kevin Love's gray hair? And then give us your take on the game. Yeah, so I actually went to the game tonight, and my yeah. wife, she was saying, hey, he looks like foxy with that gray hair. And <laughs> couldn't, couldn't argue it. Um, how how yeah, was I the feeling that... in the arena? Because my gripe with the game tonight is the fans were not very loud, not very into it. What was your take from inside the arena? So it was pretty loud, and but what really changed it is as soon as JC hit that and one three flagrant and got the ball back, nobody sat down after that. So it was pretty loud in there. Maybe it didn't show as much on the TV, but no one was no one was sitting for the last you know three four minutes of the game, and so that was good. And, and Donnie got a good welcome in. But yeah, overall I thought the energy was pretty good. 
Whenever Donovan either had the ball or was shooting a free throw or whatever the case may be, it didn't seem like there were any boos um, in that case either because I know there's been a couple of uh, past Jazz men as well as just some other players that the – uh, us as a fan base just don't like in general and we'll boo them as soon as they touch the ball and it didn't seem in, in any of those cases that the crowd booed him really whatsoever it was always cheers for everything it seemed like did that did is that did that seem like the case while you were there yeah so he obviously they played his uh you know the welcome video and he, i thought there's gonna be booze I, I wore my mitchell jersey just to show some support to him but there was everyone was way happy when they got the, the welcome video um he actually airballed a shot yeah probably in the <laughs> second uh, uh, yeah quarter. okay so that, yeah that was the one downside right well, the, the just be poking fun with him like hey that was yeah. an airball bro yeah everyone was cheering like crazy and he was smiling and stuff and then actually <laughs> and then when he actually left the court you know, everybody gave him another ovation. So I think he feels pretty good about the welcome he got here. Yeah, I think even at the end of the game, he had a big smile. And, and like I said, I think he was relieved that it was over. I think he really wanted to win that game and was staying locked in. Even while they were playing the tribute video, like, you know, he he, he kind of he acknowledged the crowd. But you could tell he was in the zone. Like, he was there to play the game and didn't want that to distract him. But... Once it was over, I mean, he went to almost every jazz player and and talked to him. So I think it was a great night as an organization and for Donovan Mitchell. Um, and honestly, I'm glad it's over and we can kind of move on. And I hope that, like, if we ever met in the playoffs or a really big game, that it would be okay to boo him just from a competitive standpoint, right? Like, that's part of the fun is booing and feeling like you could be part of the game not booing maliciously or out of hate, but uh, I don't know if it'll ever get to that point. I know jazz fans are uh, treading lightly um, with the way there's been comments in the media about our fan base. So I thought it was, was a perfect night for, for jazz fans. And uh, at one point I tweeted out, I hope Donovan Mitchell scores 73 and and we win by a point. Um, He scored 46 and, and we won by two points. So, I guess I'll take that. (laughs) Um, Any other thoughts? I know we got Julio here. Uh, We've got, let's see, D. Woody, Super Dave, 34, and Orcus, 33. Sandy, what's up? Uh, We haven't heard from you for a while. Tevin, I'm glad you're back, bro. I feel like we've missed you. And I don't know where the heck Big D. Orcut is, but uh, anybody else, if you want to speak, go ahead. You probably have to take a nap. Yeah, I know he, he... He's really into those naps, which I can't blame him. Naps are the best, bro. Come on now. Um, so I was actually wondering. I was gonna say, tweet it out, and I didn't get around to it. Um, but I was wondering if they would uh back off the crowd noises on the broadcast just in case there yeah. was booze. Yeah. Yeah. We couldn't hear it. Um, so I'm really glad North was able to report that it was loud because I I had a feeling that they would kind of back off that a little bit that's um, a good point and then on a side note can can we just talk about how stupid holly Rowe is and how she <laughs> says the dumbest stuff in the entire world like like she oh just gosh, says you know, the most look, awkward things oh my gosh like, like um yeah, you know, Jordan, you know, he's just so inspired by the Mamba tattoo on his back cap. It really just, 
inspires him to play and he just he really channels the energy from that tattoo i'm like really really that that's what you think is inspiring him to play like this right now or you know the jazz really needed this win spiritually today (laughs) the one that i loved was man garland is just really quick and that really helps him and i like that (laughs) and uh, it's just it's just stuff like that but let me get to julio real quick because i didn't mean to derail it but i'm just like <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I, I can't, we can't be the only fans that think it's a little bit weird. Sorry if there's any Holly lovers. I apologize. Well, the thing is, you watch her on other ESPN broadcasts like football, and I don't feel like it's that awkward or like it's not it's weird. Not. She it's... doesn't do she doesn't do this on other ESPN broadcasts. It's just these jazz games. I feel like she has this pressure to fill empty space. And so she just blabbers. Yeah. I feel and like she would be perfect like to be on the pregame and postgame with Alema Harrington. That's where I think she belongs. So Ryan Smith or whoever's in charge of broadcasting, uh, let's make that happen. Julio, we're going to go to I, you. Hang on. I, let me get to Julio because he hasn't had a chance yet. Go ahead. Julio, go ahead, man. If you're there, you got to hit unmute. He's still a listener. Uh, yeah, yeah. Julio! Uh, 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 <laughs> While he's getting in here, did you guys find that part? last question by Holly kind of weird to uh, to JC? Wait, wait, wait. He, he's here. Hang on. Give him a second. Okay, okay, okay. Go ahead again, Julio. We must have, like, okay, a weird so connection. So that gang was... Incredible. Uh, we have done a good hard part uh, with um, close to basket phase. We have goals. And then the, the second part, uh, we have 11 points, uh, more than Cleveland. And the fourth cross, Jordan for was amazing. 15 points. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he won the game and I think this game is so important because we have lost uh, five games consecutive and it, it can be uh, a, good, a, a good moment for the, the future of this new project yeah yeah i i couldn't agree with you more i think this was of a win that the jazz fans needed uh i know we're joking about spiritually that holly rose said but like they on so many different levels i feel like the jazz fan base needed this win um one you 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 know your star player comes back to town but you also want to show that hey we we got some players for you and we we're still a good team um we can compete with the top teams in the league and i think we really showed that tonight uh if you look at this game chart that i'm showing here on youtube we had nine tied game or it was tied nine times the longest run was 13 and i believe that was by the utah jazz in the last minute we went on a 13-0 run and then 20 lead changes so it was a back and forth game but for the most part, we had possession of the ball. I felt like we were in control and uh, just a really good uh, win for Jazz fans. I felt the competitiveness kicking in, just walk, watching Donovan and just like 
I love the guy. I, I think he's a great player. I loved his time here, but I wanted to win as a Jazz fan versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. And uh, that's ultimately what it comes down to. So, um, I, I totally agree. I'm there with you. A uh, quick tangent back to ho- to the Holly Rowe thing. Um, my thought is, and she mentioned this when she had uh, when she pulled Ryan off to the side, I think it might just be because she's from here and she feels like an obli- not necessarily an obligation, but feels just she's just trying to do her best per se. Although I agree, she can be awkward. And it, but to me, to me, it's just funny, and I just laugh whenever she's awkward. <laughs> it's just kind of a spur. Yeah. Like, Let me just spur the spur the moment idea try to be the best analyst that, that I can be type of mentality. I don't know, but I don't, I just laugh. I, I think it's most comical. It, it, to me, it's just funny. I don't think it's necessarily like bad or whatever. Yeah. But it's just funny. Oh, it's bad, but it's also comical. And, and to me, the most comical part about it is when she says something and then there's just a pause and neither bowler, bowler or thorough respond. And then it just onto the game. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just like this, you know, the the awkward kid that says something and no one knows what to say, and then so you just play it off and say something else. <laughs> well, it's because they're all trying to figure out, like, why the hell did that come from? Like, why was he <laughs> yeah. saying that? Like, what is, like, what is coming out of her mouth? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is quite comical, Ted. <laughs> Um, so let's go around the association real quick. We got, uh, it looks like the, the Suns are beating up on the Warriors. They're about to win it. Two minutes left in the fourth quarter. You've got Clippers and Mavericks um, in the fourth quarter, just, just going into the fourth with the Clippers up 91-78. 76ers beat the Detroit Pistons, a big whopping 147-116. to The Miami Heat eke one out against the Thunder, 112-111. In that game, by the way, it set an NBA record. Which game? Uh, the Heat game, 40 yeah, for 40 from the free throw line. Yeah, wait, wait, crazy. say that again. I, it, you were like... So, they set an NBA record. They went 40 for 40 from a th- from the free throw line. The Heat? It was 40? I thought it was 43. Yeah, the Heat. Pull it up. Let's check it out. 40 for 40. The Butler entire team? So somebody had to have a bunch of free throws, though. Was it Butler? Yeah, it, it was 20 Butler. 23. It was, yeah, it was Jimmy Butler. Yeah, but still, who else had free throw? Let's check this out. Uh, it was a crazy Oh, yeah, game. so Butler has 23. Max Struess has two. Gabe Vincent has six. Victor Oladipo has two. Jamal Kane has five. And Dwayne Dedman has two. That's still crazy. Your entire team, yeah, it was forty for forty, goes a hundred percent from the free throw line to win by one point. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that is a crazy game. I believe that was the one that was on uh, NBA League Pass. Why do you guys feel like this? A, this Giddy had a triple double. Who? Giddy. Giddy had a triple double. Yeah, I see that. Eighteen points, fifteen rebounds, he ten is assists. Such a good player, man. Oh my gosh. I haven't watched him enough to even know. So I'll take your guys' word for it. Um, Charlotte Hornets lose to the the Toronto Raptors, one thirty two to one twenty. Jazz beat the Cleveland Cavaliers by two. Clarkson has thirty two points, six rebounds, four assists, while Donovan goes 
46 points, five rebounds, six assists. So pretty, I feel like they were going back and forth at it. I know they were friends, but sometimes that's the best competition. I know when me and my friend would play against each other in high school, I mean, we'd about killed each other in, in practice. Um, and then you've got the Magic beating Portland. What is going on with Portland, man? They look so Dame, good. I and Dame went off in that game. I thought they were going to win. Yeah, Dame had 30, 30 points, four rebounds, five assists. They lost by only three, but Wendell Carter Jr. had 20 points for the Magic, 10 rebounds, three assists. I, I don't know. I mean, they're 19 and 21, so they're only a few games behind us, but I just thought that they would be in the playoff race and they're not that's portland for you i guess (laughs) it's simmons man when he doesn't have a good game they can't win he's the only other option they have on their team when him and dame go off no one can beat him but if simmons can't have a good game it's just it's rough for them well there and jeremy grant was a big signing i believe he's a free agent this year is there any chance the jazz could get him or is it even worth it would you have to pay him too much money I just don't I think the Jazz are looking for a big free agent for no. another couple of years. I, I, I don't see him signing anybody big this year, I, I, except for maybe Clarkson. I don't see him throwing okay, so, money at anybody else until Yeah, this was the other thing I wanted to get into really quick. Are we doing anything at the deadline, do we think? Like, do are we going and getting somebody big, or are we, like, major sellers? Are we getting rid of, like, Olenek or... Uh, like a Colin Sexton or something like that. Uh, what are, what do we think we doing? Because I think we might be getting rid of some pieces, like Rudy Gay specifically, probably. Maybe some of our fringe guys. Um, but I don't think we're signing a big player necessarily. What do you guys think? I I, I personally think we're going to kind of stand pat unless a deal comes together like the John Collins deal. I'm still kind of waiting for that one to happen and expecting it to happen um i saw an article today that said the hawks well the hawks signed Derek favors to a 10-day contract today but the hawks are wanting a deal like donovan mitchell a package like that for john collins and it's just like are you guys high (laughs) what good luck with like hey hey good on you guys for signing Derek favors but good luck getting that type of uh, deal for Collins. Yeah, you can want that. doesn't mean anyone in their right mind is going to give that to you. I just don't know what they're smoking. But the the thing is, with the Derek Favor signing, that kind of indicates that there might be some movement going on. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, they signed 100%. him so that we can get him back. Like, Why else would you sign Derek Favors except to trade him back to the Jazz? Right? <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to get him back for uh, what? For the rest of this year? Or no, for some for, reason, for, for, for next year and then, when he and then retire his is number? so annoying. Who? Whenever Tevin speaks, I can't hear him. Dude, I think a lot of people are having that problem because JC Drip said he couldn't hear Julio. I think there's some type of connection issue. I don't know what's can you going hear me now? on. Yes, I can, but I don't know. I, I can hear everybody, but I don't know if everyone else can hear everybody. Uh, I so can hear I, everybody but Tevin. Weird. Weird. I, it's okay, so I was just saying. I mean, be... maybe it's a blessing in disguise, but. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I was just saying it'd be funny if we had him for like next season or something, Derek Favors, and then retire, retire the poor man after that. I don't know. 
Well, and I feel like he's from Atlanta. Maybe he realizes he's at the end of his career and he's like, well, I'll give Atlanta a shot. You know, if the 10 day turns into a contract, all right, I'll make some more money. I'll play another year. I'll basically sit on the bench, but I'll be close to my family. And then, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be here. So I don't know that necessarily he's going to get moved. I think maybe they signed a 10 day if they're getting rid of Collins to kind of be another backup, but who knows? I honestly thought it was actually a productive signing because Clint Capella has been injured like half the season and Onyeka on Kongwu hasn't really proven himself to be a good backup and especially not a starter. So I think to bring a guy like Faves in, a vet at that, um, to bring him in, I think is a good signing. And I hope to see him get signed for the rest of the year instead of just this this 10-day contract. Yeah, I, I like Favors. I think he'd be a good backup for them. I didn't know that Capella was injured. Uh, I don't, I'm not that in tune with other teams, so that's good to know. And, and I'm glad that you pointed that out because it, it could be, and that would be great for him. Uh, unless he gets traded to the Jazz, then I would kind of be mad, but... I guess he'd be on a, a, a really low contract, so it would be different than the last time we signed him. All right. I just, don't know, I just don't know how, man, I tell you what, if, I just don't know how they can value John Collins that much because if he doesn't turn his career around... Well, he's he, having a terrible year. Like, what do they... What do they uh, I mean, if he... If they keep him and he starts off next season the same way he's gonna be in the freaking robinson talk for worst contract in the league <sighs> is he does he have an extension because what blows my mind the most about all of this is yes okay, sure they want okay he is okay because i thought he was on an expiring and if they're gonna be asking that much from him that's i mean they're already out of their mind but you know he's for, locked up for the next three years with with legit money let me pull it up Yeah, that uh, that it's kind of it is kind of crazy that the Jazz would want him, but I think that they see something in him that he's not being used correctly, and they could tap into his potential like they did Lowry, because at one point he was he was really good. I agree, but I'm not giving any more up than Olenek, Vando, and maybe a pick. In a way, he's they're getting multiple first round picks. Well, yeah, his his contract's the biggest downside to him because if it, if you know, it's one thing to think that he can turn into those that player, but if he doesn't, then you're stuck with that contract. Uh, yeah. So so Collins is making twenty three and a half this year, and then he makes twenty five point three next year, twenty six and a half the year after that, and then twenty six and a half. The year after that but it is a player option so, so he's two two more years after this and player option on the third mm-hmm. yep i could live with that I, I, mean, mean, I think i think that that's kind of what the jazz are thinking like get him this year two more guaranteed years because if you're gonna tank or be bad you have to carry salaries there's a minimum minimum dollar amount you have to make you have to have on the books and so we can carry the salary so even if he is a bust and we didn't have to give up anything for him, like we just carry the salary. Um, my other thought that I wanted to hit on really quick, and then I'm going to end this. Um, am I the only one on the Ochai Baji train? Because I, when I mentioned his name tonight, I, I really do see 
him as being a smart decision maker, playing in with the team, being strong enough to defend, to defend other players, hitting a three, being able to um, facilitate, being able to drive. Am I the only one on the, on the Ochai train? I'm with you, Jordan, 100%. I'm with you as much as you are on the Kessler train. JC's really... drip. Yeah, pulling through for me. He's got the athleticism. He's got the frame. I think he's got the IQ. I see him. I see him being a cornerstone, or you know, a, a pretty big piece in our future. I know it's early, but from what we've seen, uh, I get excited every time he touches the court. Yeah, to, just, to me, it's you just got to take the chance on a 14th pick in this year's draft. I even feel like I want to see him more than Nah. I want to see him more than Tht. I want to see him more than Fontecchio more than Rudy Gay, like all these players. And tonight, uh, well, really the last few games, he's, he's gotten that nod from coach. Um, he's been, I believe, I don't know if he was the first guy off the bench tonight or not, but he's getting significant minutes off of the bench. And uh, I love it, man. I, I absolutely love it. And I think the more that he, more minutes he gets, the quicker he's going to learn and be able to develop into that player that we need. I want to see him because I want to know. I'm not sold on him. I think it's early. I mean, I don't think he's had two good games in this season. I don't know how you can know what he's going to be after two games. Like, yes, he does have the frame, and he seems to make pretty good decisions. But, you know, we've seen lots of rookies have really good seasons and then teams get scouting material on them, and you never hear from them again. So, here's the here's how I feel like I know. Um, one, he he's already smarter than Vanderbilt ever will be, which isn't hard. Well, I mean, I'm smarter than Rock, too, but I'm not that. <laughs> but smart. I'm saying a, a basketball smart, like he knows where to go without the ball. He knows how to move to the open space. He just knows where to be on the floor. Um, I know that we, we've talked about, you know, Trey Burke and um, the other guy that we just let go, Jared Butler. I feel like those guys were so ball dominant and needed the ball in order to be good that Ochai doesn't need that. And that that's probably why I am so high on him because it's rare that you can have a player that impacts the game without the ball like he does. And... Uh, he just moves so well without the ball that if if plays start getting ran to him where he can slash or come off a screen or curl off a screen and get get a few extra shots, it's going to open our entire offense. And especially Lowry Mark, and I think we're uh, uh, desperate for a, a consistent second score. And like you saw tonight, Clarkson was that consistent score. It allowed Lowry to get 25 quiet points, but let's be honest. Clarkson is is hot or he's ice cold. And so we, we need that second guy. And I don't know if it's Ochai, but I feel like he, he will fit somewhere into this team. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think Ochai has a, has a bright future in front of him. I'm just, you know, I don't see anything right now that says he's going to be as good as Beasley. Like, I think he could be, but I don't see anything that puts him at that level right now. Um, I mean, he's smarter than Vando, but I don't 
see anything that tells me he's going to be better than Vando. Like, he, he needs more than two games. And I know that you're super optimistic, Jordan, and, and you you were 100% right on Kessler, so I will follow you with Ochai, and I will, I will ride this train with you because I think you called Kessler 100% right, so I'm on board with you there. But me personally, I'd like to see five or six more games like we've seen those two breakout games before I'm 100% you know, ready to jump on board. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I would love to see more consistency too uh, to gain more confidence in him. Also, I think he'd gain confidence in himself. But really, the play that stands out to me all season with him was the play that Coach ran uh, where he got the easy dunk finally, and um, that set him up to hit those three-pointers because he got a little bit of a rhythm. And I just think... I think with the Jazz, there's almost a, a, a hold-up on the rebuild just because, like, I would start Ochai over Beasley and bring Beasley off the bench to to kill the second unit, but just to give Ochai a little bit more confidence and rhythm with the starting unit and to play with uh, better players. So it, it's we're in a weird phase because, like, if you go full rebuild, like, you're just starting these young guys from the get-go, and that could potentially be a really bad thing and and be disastrous but um yeah i i I would like to see ochai get a start but i don't think it's going to happen to be honest but i I mean i like that i mean i'm okay with 18 minutes off the bench because i don't i don't want to see happen to him what's happening to those young guys in houston right now yeah houston oh my gosh they're getting run over by starters i could not imagine being houston like (laughs) let him get in there and play against backups that he can play against and then you give him five six minutes against some starters when the you know when they bring their starters in and he's warmed up and in rhythm you leave him in for three or four minutes overlap and give him a little bit of experience after he's warmed up and had you know four or five minutes in already you know that that it just seems a little bit more natural like that I, i i like what's going on right now as long as he keeps getting these minutes what i don't want to see is this go back to these five, six minutes? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I like what Coach said is he's committed to this. And I'd, I'd love to see him commit. I'd lo- I'm really, really hoping that we make some trades and we can commit to giving Balmero some minutes like this and Falchacchio some minutes like this. Um, if we are really invested in finding out if these guys are a future for us. like. Well, and I think the, the other guy, you, like, we, we need to figure out if Colin Sexton is too you know once, exactly once he comes back i think he's going to eat up some of those minutes too so but he's I, the guy i want to see in the starting lineup like yeah i want to see yeah. what he looks like i want to see right mike mike conley come off the bench and have sexton start right because conley doesn't need to start the next how many games the coach tells how many games he had left he usually does in the post game um no i don't remember but i don't need conley to start start the next 40 some odd games to tell me that he can start in the playoffs and be good like i don't need him to do that like i could literally have him come off the bench for the next 40 plus games <laughs> and start him in the playoffs and know yeah that he's gonna be just yeah. fine so yeah he, give me sexton for 40 games as a starter and then we come playoff give me give me you know give me homeboy con uh, conley as a starter because i know who he is i know he's gonna show up in the playoffs and I'd rather old man Conley 
play 18 minutes a game and save that damn old man body for the playoffs if that's what we want. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> can't believe I just said that. Well, I think that's a good way to end on something that Kevin believes that he can't say. <laughs> Well, um, I, I'm just looking at Twitter real quick here on YouTube, and uh, NBA on ESPN says, Spida and JC put on a show in Donovan Mitchell's return to Utah. And then there's a quote from Clarkson with uh, the interview from Holly Rowe. He says, we just try and win. We're going to keep competing for Utah, keep putting this jersey on, keep representing. And I hope that I did a pretty good Clarkson impression I, I could it could probably use work, so I'll work on it. But thank you guys for listening. Uh, the channel on YouTube is blowing up. If you're not following us on either Twitter or YouTube, I don't know what you're doing. So go give us a follow. We appreciate it. I've had tons of comments from friends, uh, even just random people. There's a guy named Garrett who left a comment on YouTube and said, honestly, you're one of the best, if not the best, Utah Jazz podcast. And that means so much to me oh my gosh dude we have so many chats in youtube i i'm just barely seeing this we need to develop our young oh sorry sorry youtube this is the first time i've gotten comments on youtube so uh somebody said jared well we're just gonna end it i might need another uh person to help me out with the chat on youtube because doing the twitter spaces and and the chat on youtube I've only got two hands. Like, I've got to hold this phone the whole time and then try and click around with my mouse. How am I going to type? Maybe I need a new setup. Or should we just go straight over to YouTube? But leave leave your leave your comment on what we should do. Should we get rid of Twitter spaces? I don't think so. Should we go straight to YouTube? Maybe because, honestly, uh, since we've put stuff on YouTube, we're getting way less engagement on just the podcast or listens on the podcast. But the YouTube channel is blown up. So go Jazz. The Jazz beat Donovan Mitchell and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't know what our record is now, but it's one game uh, better in the win column than we were before tonight. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace.